Welcome to Step 1 Success Stories by Physio, Episode 24. It was just my own knowledge of how to make a card. And whether that was correct or not, or the best way of creating a card or not, I couldn't be sure until, you know, like two months from then, when I saw that card again, I was like, I don't remember this at all, or this is very obscure. It's not even in context. And then I realized that card was not made correctly. And so making my own cards took me too long, and I wasn't sure if it was up to par with quality. So the benefit of using pre-made cards really stood out in my mind. You're listening to Step 1 Success Stories by Physio, the playbook of those who dominated the USMLE. If you want to learn how to excel on step one and get into the residency of your choice, then you're in the right place. Stay tuned and join the thousands of others who have mastered step one concepts using physio.com. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode. Today we interview Forrest Hamrick, who is a second year medical student at the University of Utah College of Medicine. And to help me with this interview, I'm here with my co-host, Rhett Thompson. How's it going? It's going so good. So in two days, I'm heading out on a cruise that I got roped into. I'm trying to be really supportive of my wife and her family's going on this cruise. And I've never been on a cruise and it's supposed to be a lot of fun. I'm dreading it. I've stressed out this whole week trying to get a lot of work done for physio so that I can go on this trip. You know, people say that they're fun. They're like they graduate from med school and a lot of them go on cruises and stuff like that. I hope they're right. I hope they're excited about those with good reason because I'm dreading it. And I've got three kids. I mean, I don't know how I'm not going to leave one of them in a different country while we're out on a cruise. <laughs> it's just supposedly it's positive. Supposedly it's a great thing, but that's what's on my mind, keeping me up at night. I'll let you all know how it went. Yeah, for most people, a cruise is something exciting to look forward to. But for those of you who don't know, Rhett's kind of a workaholic and he's dreading a vacation, so that's kind of funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, let's introduce our guest for today. Like I said, his name is Forrest Hamrick. He's a second-year medical student at the University of Utah, and he is actually part of the four-person Onking team. So for those who don't know, Onking is kind of this YouTube channel that talks about and teaches people about how to use Onki. And this interview is interesting because... First, he found Anki super early in his medical school career. In fact, I think it was like during the first week of med school, and he just gravitated towards it. And that kind of set him up to become part of this team that's creating videos around Anki. And then he emphasized the importance of using pre-made decks. And finally, he mentioned that the updated Physio Anki deck is absolutely stellar. And it was really cool because Anki actually created these educational videos on how to create good decks and we used them and all of our team who was in charge of creating this stellar Anki physio deck used the Onking's videos and he really wishes that he could have found us when he started so anyways he spoke highly of us we're excited to bring him on and talk more about Onking. All right Forrest welcome to the show man we're super excited to have you on how are you doing today? Doing well thanks for having me I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. We're excited to have you. So let's start from the beginning. Maybe just tell our audience a little bit about you and what got you interested in medicine. There was just a couple of routes that I took to try to be able to help people in the way that I wanted to. I was in addiction recovery for a while while I was an undergrad, and I figured that I could do even more for patients or people in need if I went into medicine. 
And so I did some shadowing and realized this is what I wanted to do. And then I applied that following year and decided to come to the University of Utah School of Medicine and have been living it ever since. That's awesome. So you were doing some addiction medicine like an undergrad or can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I started out just wanting to be able to help people in ways where, you know, they couldn't really do for themselves, where I could be sort of a help or a technician or just somebody who could intervene in someone's life to help them in ways they couldn't help themselves. And addiction medicine seemed like the way to do that. And so I worked with teenagers who were either coming out of rehab or currently in an outpatient rehab setting and tried to help them, you know, overcome their addictions and get back to a more healthy lifestyle and also helped coach their families through the process of kind of having a child come back from being in an inpatient setting. And after a while, I saw some changes. I saw differences being made and patients kept, you know, struggling and coming back to the same places they were before. And I wanted to actually do something more, not necessarily coach, but actually be able to use my hands to intervene in someone's life in ways that they couldn't do for themselves. And so I looked into different areas of medicine like neurology or neurosurgery or ways that involved the brain, but was a little more hands-on and decided that medicine would be the path that would allow me to help people in this way and actually kind of get me there in a more direct and hands-on fashion. Yeah, I think all of us have some sort of experience in undergrad or before that that kind of helps us realize medicine is for us. That's cool that you found that. Maybe you could also tell our audience a little bit more about you as a person, you know, like where you're from and what your interests are, that kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. So I grew up in San Diego and surfed as much as I could throughout those years. And then I left for my undergrad, did my undergrad at Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah. And then I took a two-year break from school to serve a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Mozambique, where I learned Portuguese and, again, furthered my interest in medicine as I saw the, the people there, the people that I loved, that I cared for, and spent all day and every day around kind of struggle with health concerns, and then me just having to stand idly by, unable to help or even suggest how to get help. And so when I came back, that's when I really decided to get into medicine in combination with that experience in addiction recovery medicine shortly after I came back. And then I got married in 2016, and my wife and I are now living in Salt Lake City, going to University of Utah. As I said earlier, she's working at the Huntsman Cancer Institute, and we're just loving the Salt Lake life and love being outdoors, love the snow and playing in the snow, and yeah, couldn't complain. So Forrest, after your mission, did you go back to Provo or did you go back to San Diego? Yeah, I went back to Provo to finish my education. I did one year before I left, then spent two years in Mozambique, then came back for the last three years of college. And my family moved while I was there in Mozambique and ended up in Colorado Springs, which is now, I guess, my home base. Okay. Awesome. Well, we're glad you are at the U. You know, me and Michael, that's where we're at. We'll go back eventually. <laughs> we'll be, <laughs> in a couple months, we'll be wrapping up our last year. And so, yeah, we're happy that you're on our show. Now let's dive into your experiences, particularly when you first started med school. So like the first week or so, what were your experiences like and what was your plan at that point? Yeah, the first weeks of medical school were definitely a whirlwind. I felt like I was blasted with a ton of information. I kept in mind that I had this big exam coming up in two years and everything I was learning that first week 
could show up on that exam in two years. And I was struggling to figure out how I was going to remember this stuff and be efficient with my time because the material itself can be difficult. But the biggest challenge I felt was the challenge of figuring out how to best memorize massive amounts of information in a short amount of time, because there's not enough hours in a day to study how I used to study in undergrad, which was, I mean, usually cramming to some degree, but you can't cram for the step one exam. So really me and a couple of my friends really struggled with the idea of how are we going to memorize this information and keep it with us to do well enough on step one using our old methods. And there just really wasn't a way. I don't think I've ever heard it put that way, but it really resonates with me. You know, the material is actually not that hard. I mean, some of it's pretty difficult, but I agree with you. I think the hardest thing is just the sheer amount of information. It's overwhelming. You know, it's so much. It's like, how are you going to remember all this stuff? So what did you guys think? What did you do? So we had a group of third-year medical students who had already taken the step one exam come and give us a lecture about this thing called Anki. And they said, well, yeah, I scored this score. I scored in the 100th percentile, the 90th, 99th percentile. And it's all because of this one application. And we were like, we had heard of this before because we were supposed to be using it for our MCAT preparation. But none of us knew how to use it very well. And it was a scary concept because it was more of a burden to us while studying for the MCAT than a help. And we just didn't use it very well. So we had heard of this application from just from upperclassmen and they gave us this presentation and we were sold we said okay well if we're going to do this we have to commit to it right away we have to understand this super well because it's not a very user-friendly application at least for us and so we downloaded the anki app we played around with it and a couple of us had to like go into the actual manual of anki to figure out how to use it And so after a lot of trial and error, we decided that Anki was the best way to condense all of this massive amount of information into sizable chunks like every day or every week in order to be able to memorize something forever. Because Anki takes advantage of the principle that our minds tend to forget things over time. And the algorithm that Anki uses is designed to bring up a note card or a fact again right before your mind is about to forget it so you can remember it for longer the next time and that is how we decided that we were going to make massive amounts of information stick for two years and even longer it's interesting you know i think the medical school community at large has kind of adopted anki it seems a lot of people have been using that as of late you know, only a few years ago when Rhett and I were studying for step one, it really was not that popular, if I recall correctly. So it's kind of cool to see it, you know, rise up and everyone's using it. And the other thought that kind of strikes me is, it sounds like you were really early on in your education when you kind of adopted Anki. Is that right? How early was this? So we had this presentation during our transitions week, which was the first week of school before we had any classes. And we started using Anki that first week of actual classes, which was the following week after the transitions week. So I think we just got very lucky that this small lecture from the 30 medical students was so early on in our exposure to medical education to where we could adopt it very early on. And I think we also got lucky that all of us in the Anki group committed so early to it because it would have taken 
us, you know, a few months longer to get on the bandwagon or struggle through the non-user-friendly interface. And we would have kind of been put behind and had to play catch up. So I think we're really lucky to hear about it early on. And it has paid off through every single course so far. That's cool that you guys are using it and you started using it so early. I think for most people, it seems like the pattern with the guests we've interviewed so far tends to be that most people start to study for step one and really think about it maybe after like the first semester or maybe second semester. But it sounds like that was at the forefront of your guys' minds right from the get-go. Right, yeah, because we knew that we had to memorize stuff from our courses and use it much later on. And so I think we also just self-reflected and realized that our cramming methods from undergrad, they were not going to work for an exam two years from now about medical knowledge. Yeah, that makes sense. And you know what I'm interested in is hearing how you used Anki specifically, because there's different ways that you can use it. You know, you can make your own cards, you can use pre-made decks. And most often we hear people using other resources and integrating them together, like with Anki. And then, you know, they have varying performance on their courses and usually do well if they stick with it. So what's been your experience so far? We started off doing mostly our own cards, mixing it with some of the community-made decks, which also integrated some outside resources into the decks that were made. So the benefit of making your own cards is, in my experience, I remember them for longer. But the biggest downfall to making my own cards was the fact that whenever I made my own card, I wasn't sure if I really captured the fact in the way that it should be captured or in the context it should be created. And then I was also unsure whether I made the card a good enough quality to where I was going to recognize and remember that card forever. And so the quality of my cards were not tried and true over years. It was just my own knowledge of how to make a card. And whether that was correct or not, or the best way of creating a card or not, I couldn't be sure until, you know, like two months from then, when I saw that card again, I was like, I don't remember this at all, or this is very obscure. It's not even in context. And then I realized that card was not made correctly. And so making my own cards took me too long, and I wasn't sure if it was up to par with quality. So the benefit of using pre-made cards really stood out in my mind. So me and the couple other friends that I have, me and Anking, and a lot of our classmates started to integrate the pre-made decks into our curriculum. And we kind of combined it with our own decks for in-house exams. And so that mix was pretty much, I guess you could say 30% homemade cards, 70% outside resources cards for the first semester, because our first semester is sort of like an overarching principles of all medical knowledge within like the first few months. And then we kind of get into the blocks of like cardiology, respiratory, and renal after that first semester, at which point we switched to completely using only pre-med cards. And because of that, we have focused on step one material that's been tried and true for the past few years that has helped us do very well on our practice questions and our question banks, which we have used consistently. Not only that, our homemade cards that we use for our in-house exams has really paid off every semester. And because we've kept up with it, our exams have gone well at the end of a semester. And I mean, we can only imagine that it'll help for step one as we continue to do well on our question banks. Okay. So it sounds like you guys started kind of making your own cards and then gradually transitioned into only using 
community-made cards. Is that right? Yes. And what specific decks have you guys been using? What community decks are you using that you're referring to? So we have used Zonkey primarily and a little bit of the Pepper sketchy decks for some of the pharmacology that's not contained in the LOL Not A Cop deck. So it's basically between the LOL Not A Cop deck, the Zonkey Step decks, the Zonkey Farm decks, and then a little bit of the Pepper deck. And we have been working on updating all of these decks to be more accurate, have less errors in just like the grammar and things like that, and also organizing it so that they match up with other outside resources because Pathoma has already been integrated very well into Zonkey, but we have been updating it for Boards and Beyond and other resources as well. So those are the main decks we've been using. Can you talk to us about just the differences between the decks and what kind of the decks are in a nutshell for those who don't know? Yes. We do have a video on our YouTube channel about each of the decks and how they came to be, what resources they pull from. This is also on the Reddit page for Medical School Anki. So that video is on our channel. But in just a short summary, there's the Bros Encephalon deck, which kind of was one of the originals. There's a Lightyear deck, which primarily pulls all of their information from the boards and beyond. And then there's a Zonkey deck, which combines a few other outside resources. Some of the cards have information that is more or less based on Pathoma, on the Costanza physiology decks. And so that's really the basis for most of the cards that we use in the Zonkey deck. And the reason why we use these decks is because we have just been on medical school Anki Reddit long enough to know that many people have used the Zonkey deck for the past few years and have scored outstanding on the step one exams. And so because of these testimonials and from the upperclassmen who we've met personally and talked to about their scores and their study habits, that's how we decided to use these decks. That's really helpful. I think for someone who's just getting into med school and not sure what deck to use, that's really helpful. And also it'd be a good idea to go check out your YouTube channel and learn a little bit more in detail about the different decks and kind of the pros and cons of each of those. I want to transition and talk a little bit more about Onking and why you guys decided to create that and then what you guys are up to with Onking as of late. Yeah, our team is a great group of guys. We met during the transitions week of medical school. We all attended the same undergrad, but I didn't know the other members. Nick Flint and Tyson Burnham were friends in undergrad and Blake Cowan and Tyson knew each other in high school, but we all sort of came together during the first week of medical school, and we decided that we'd all commit to Anki right from the beginning. We were going to do all of our Anki reviews every single day, all the way up until step one and never miss a day, you know, use this as our primary studying resource. And because we began to understand it so well, we just started helping people with their Anki problems. And we helped them so often, and we just kept getting asked questions about Anki. And we kept having to show our computer screen and say, hey, this is how you should do it. I can take over your computer screen really quick and show you how to do it. This happened so often that we were kind of like, well, what if we just had a video that showed how to do this once and for all? And then all of our classmates could just go to this YouTube channel or just look at this video. And then, you know, we wouldn't have to spend so much of our time 
helping our classmates, which we love to do, but we only have a limited amount of time. And so we started doing that. We kind of had like a Word document first explaining things and people reading through an instruction manual is not the funnest thing to do. And so we kind of just transitioned into making these little videos. It was originally just for our class. And then we kind of sent it out to our friends at other medical schools. And it sort of took off from there where we just had accessible videos for free online that sort of spread to all of these other medical schools. And it sort of took off from there. And so we expanded our videos to include little videos about how to use the add-ons and about how to use outside resources. And it's been really helpful, I mean, for myself using them even, and to be able to send out to my friends when they need help. That's amazing. And what's interesting is we've actually benefited from your intensely high-quality videos instructing on how to make high-quality cards. You know, as Physio, we've actually used your videos to train our team of Anki deck creators in order to make really high quality decks. And it's paid off huge. So we've got all of these, a deck associated with each video so that people can just download it. And you guys made an excellent video that you can find on YouTube discussing how to use our Anki cards. And it's so cool because we see these high quality cards and we're just so thankful for what you guys were able to do because you were able to break it down in such a way on how to make really good cards so that our team could. And it turned out great. So you guys know what you're talking about, obviously. And then all the students that are using the cards that were based on your instruction are loving it. Yes, we love hearing that because really it took us months and months, like literally it took us probably three or four months to really figure out how to make a good card. And a lot of students have to go through sort of the same trial and error process. But when we look at the cards that you have made to go along with your videos, it shows like they are high quality. They're done very well in the organization that we love. And yeah, we're just glad that the trial and error has paid off and it shows in your cards. The way that you guys have done it truthfully is amazing. And if we had had this early on, then you know, our Anki decks would look very different. We've been very impressed with that. Yeah, well, thanks. We really appreciate it. And, you know, we're really excited as well. We're thankful for your encouragement, your the insight you've given us, and just all the Anki team has done. And before we wrap up, I kind of want to know what your plan is moving forward. You've got like four, five months before you take step one. When is it exactly for you? Yeah, it's going to be probably mid-May for me personally, but we have the dedicated time kind of starts mid-April. So me and a couple of the friends that I mentioned in Onking, we're planning on completely completing at least two question banks before we start dedicated time. So that would be personally for me, I'm going to try to complete all of RX, USMLE question banks and complete Amboss's question bank before we get into dedicated time. And then during dedicated, I'm hoping to just focus on completing UWorld as my final resource and obviously continuing to complete all of the Anki cards every single day up until dedicated time. And then it's sort of a toss up. We're trying to decide whether we're going to continue doing our Anki cards during dedicated or if we're going to count that time as like just our question bank dedicated time. So that's kind of the game plan from now until then. We just have two more blocks in our medical school curriculum that'll sort of add a lot more information onto our plate that's relevant to step one, namely the neuro portion of the exam and the musculoskeletal portion of the exam, which are very heavily tested on the step one exam, obviously. So that's the current plan. And honestly, we're excited to begin integrating the 
physio resource into our OnkyDEX because the tests that we have done on the OnkyDEX that you've created have been excellent. Oh, that's so cool to hear. Sounds like you have a great game plan. You know, you have to let us know how it goes. I know that a lot of people that we've interviewed, I think have had a similar dilemma. It's like, okay, do I keep using Anki during dedicated or do I drop it and focus on UWorld? What exactly do I do there? So you have to let us know what you decide. Yeah, it's been really interesting because to Michael's point, like even just on the people that we've interviewed on this podcast, they've taken different approaches and we've had some that just said, nope, I'm done doing Anki. Now I'm dedicated and just focus on questions and they did really well. We've had others that just continue doing it, do really well. And so, yeah, you know, it's like, what's the right answer? It's unclear, but that makes sense that you're like, it's kind of a toss up. <laughs> you kind of fill it out. It sounds like you've got a few months and kind of see where you're at when you get to that point. That's exactly right. Yeah. We'll have to see how it goes. And I'm sure spending more time in practice questions instead of Anki will be helpful in that time. But who knows? We'll let you know how it goes and keep you guys updated. Awesome. Well, maybe before we wrap up, you could just kind of let us know what the future is of Onking. You know, what are you guys planning on doing in the future? What can we look forward to in the future from you guys? We're working really hard on updating the comprehensive Onking deck to include all of the outside resources necessary to sort of cover all of the step one material and do it in such a way that if people choose to use one resource over another, we have tags and other organization techniques in order for the students to be able to find the information that they need to study and be able to find it in such a way that it corresponds with the resource that they're using. For example, if there is a physio tag and it says like this physio video covers these biochemistry topics, and then there will be a tag that has all the cards that correspond to that physio video. So that's sort of the big direction that we're continuing to update this comprehensive Onking deck. We're on version five right now. We're also just going to be creating more videos that'll help current medical students be able to succeed using their outside resources and combining them with their class resources in order to succeed on step one. And I'm sure we're going to be able to continue here and there. It'll be more busy during third and fourth year, but we'll hope to sort of integrate things related to step two and beyond and our clerkships, helping students succeed in that way. That sounds really exciting. So just to be clear, if I were using, so let's say, Zonky, and I was also using Physio, are you guys saying that you're creating a deck that would basically allow you to use Zonky that would have tags to Physio, and so you'd be able to you know, watch like a video on Physio and then use Zonky create tags? The Onking team would hope to integrate it in a way that, so we've pulled cards from other decks like we had Zonky originally. We added in decks like Elo Not a Cop. And then that sort of drove people to use Sketchy along with Elo Not a Cop. And then the Zonky cards were primarily based off of Pathoma. So that kind of drove people to Pathoma. And so our idea would not be to like necessarily tag, you know, everything for physio because there's already physio cards out there. And so I don't think we would redo that. I use that more of a, as an example. So for Boards and Beyond, Boards and Beyond was not used in the creation of any of the Zonki or Elonata Cop decks, at least on a large scale. And so people still want to be able to use the Boards and Beyond resources, but not have to commit to doing all of the Lightyear deck. And so we're just integrating so that people can still use the Boards and Beyond videos and be able to find the cards related to those videos 
in our Onking deck as easily as they would for a Pathoma video, for example. As far as integration with future resources, we hope to do that. Right now, we're working on integrating tags that will relate information from the sketchy physiology videos into the Onking deck. So we're hoping to do that for all the resources that students really use heavily. And if it includes integrating cards that have already been made for Visio, it might, but for the most part, we're hoping not to double dip, you know, because you've already made excellent cards that students will be using and are well integrated already. But for resources that haven't been well integrated, we're hoping to slowly but surely make those more accessible. I love it. Sounds like a great plan. So you mentioned that you've done several different versions and you're on version five right now. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, cool. So now for our listeners, where can a student go to find the most updated on King perfected Zonkey deck? That's a good question. If you go onto the medical school Anki Reddit page and search for the Anking deck, then one of the top posts will have our link and will have our description from the Ankings with the deck available for download. Now, we don't share or distribute any copyrighted material, so we'll not have you know sketchy images or anything like that in them because that is the property of the companies who have created that content. But on that post, you'll find everything that you need in order to download that deck. And then if a student chooses to use those outside resources and wants the images from those resources, then at their own discretion, they can choose to find those decks in other locations. But that's how to find our deck and be able to update it. We have a video on how to best update it. It can be easy to download if you just download it straight from the Reddit website. But if you are currently using Zonky and you want to update it with first aid and boards and beyond tags, then watch our video on how to update it on our YouTube channel. That's awesome. We're just thrilled that you guys are doing such awesome work and that you have some awesome YouTube videos that you're helping so many people that you helped us. And it sounds like you have a lot of awesome stuff coming in the future. So we wish you guys the best of luck. Thank you very much. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Be sure to go to our website at physio.com to check out our growing library of free step one videos. You can also find our physio group on Facebook to join our growing community of students preparing for step one. If you've been enjoying the episodes and have been getting value from the content, here are three easy ways that you can support us. One, press the subscribe button on the platform you're listening to this on. Two, leave us a review. To do that, just go to physio.com slash podcast. Three, find your friends who are in medical school or interested in medical school and tell them about the podcast. Thanks for listening and join us next time.